Hi, I'm Aoife Moore and you're listening to the Her Sport Energia AIL Rugby Show brought to you by Energia. Think of the possibilities. Welcome back to the Her Sport Energia AIL Show brought to you by Energia. My name is Alana Canan and today I'm joined as always by former Irish international Hannah Tyrrell. It feels like ages since we've seen you last Hannah. Yeah it's been a couple of weeks but uh, thankfully there's been no break in the rugby. It's continued on so we've lots to talk about. Exactly as you say November 29th the last time we spoke feels like a lifetime ago at this stage. Lots of talking points so we've a lot to get through today so we'll go on with that anyways. AIL matches, the cup, Celtic challenge and everything in between. There's a whole lot going on at the minute. Yeah, look, obviously, um, there's a lot going on for rugby uh, leading into the Six Nations in the next couple of months and uh, a lot of girls trying to put up their hands, put in big performances to uh, try to get noticed. As you say, Six Nations on the horizon, the AIL, everybody's tipping away. There was the Cup and the Celtic Challenge. Can we get a bit of a beginner's guide as to what happened? Because there seems to have been a whole lot given. To Some teams are fielding and then other teams are struggling. And then the Celtic Challenge is going on. And as I say, Six Nations approaching, there's a whole lot going on. Yeah, look, I think this year in particular, uh, the women's rugby calendar has been extremely busy, uh, probably more so um, because of the introduction of WXV at the start of the season. And so the Energy AAL uh, season has been a little different to maybe what we've seen. It's we've come back to the longer competition, all the rest, but it's been interrupted. As we said, start of the year we had WXV, then Energy AAL, uh, the Celtic Challenge has come in and this year's Celtic Challenge is a much longer version, 11 weeks long or so, um, you know, and it's taking the big thing about the Celtic Challenge is that while it's a brilliant step up uh, from provincial and trying to, I suppose, create pathways to help players develop uh, for the international stage for this upcoming Six Nations, the fact that this competition is a little bit longer is uh, taking a lot of players away from their clubs then and away from the energy AL League and, and Cup. Um, and, and that's obviously having a, a knock on effect to the these clubs because um you know there's roughly 60 players or so between the two Celtic Challenge Cup teams um the Clovers and the Wolfhounds there's 60 players from the Energy AAL who have been pulled from that to to play in this league and obviously that's going to impact teams and some teams have better depth than others you know particularly around the time of the year that you have coming up to Christmas you've always a few less because of various commitments and uh, all the rest but um, yeah, the likes of Old Belvedere really struggled, um, missing quite a few players, uh, not just to the Celtic Challenge Cup, but also to the likes of the Sevens, which starts to really ramp up around that time as well. And for them, they felt like they, you know, or they physically didn't have a team to field uh, in the Cup and so had to give um, walkovers a couple of times and postpone things. And like, it's not what you want to see. It's mm. not ideal. Um, you know, everybody wants to play rugby, but when your resources and your players and your squad is being stretched, um, if you can't feel the team, you can't feel the team. And it's not a case of just putting anyone in there because certain positions are, you know, really, really important. And, you know, particularly in the front row can be quite dangerous if you put in a player in there who's maybe not quite ready or a little bit inexperienced. So I suppose for all Belvedere, they're very disappointed that they they couldn't field um, but you know player welfare player safety is paramount at the end of the day and when you have others off competing there's not much you can do really it's a pity 
what do you think the solution is? Because it's not an easy fix. I'd say scheduling-wise, everything's already packed. And then player pool-wise, that takes a long while to expand over the years. So it's not an easy fix. Yeah, look, obviously, as you mentioned, the easiest solution would be to try and draw in more players and develop more players that are able to play at a standard so you have a bigger playing pool to choose from. However, that doesn't happen overnight. Um, you know, we do have some really good youth structures coming up and individual clubs have been doing a really good job. I know all Belvedere in particular, uh, their youth section there, they um, got one up and running a good few years ago now and they've a couple of players who are now finally getting into the senior ranks, but it doesn't happen overnight. Again, this year's calendar is slightly more condensed than usual because of the likes of the WXV and the, the expanded Celtic Challenge. Um, I I don't know if there is a solution. Do you have the season run on longer so that there's no overlapping fixtures? Is that good for player welfare and burnout and all the rest? Like players do need a break. And it was already a thing at the start of this year. Like obviously there was the Interpros, then the AIL, and yeah. now it's all it's very it's a lot of rugby. There is a lot of rugby. And look, that's what you want. You want people playing loads of rugby, but not to the detriment of players and, and teams and everything else. And um Yeah, I don't know. Look, WXV is here to stay. It seems like it's going to be here every year for the next couple of years and they're trying to make that a global campaign. So we do know at the start of every season there is going to be that slight disruption. And what we saw with some of the, you know, let's say the top four teams in the Energy AIL League, they were the ones impacted the most because, and, and they're nearly being um, punished. And I, I don't want to use the word punished, but like they produce wonderful players who are good enough to go on and play interprovincial and go on and play international. And then they are hit hard for the first few rounds of the league where those players aren't available. Whereas other teams who maybe haven't got as many uh, playing on the uh, international stage can nearly take advantage of that and do quite well. Um, you know, and that's not what you want to see either. You'd love to see that players are available for nearly every round of the energy at AIL. And then either, you know, the league and cup takes a break while international fixtures are on or... Um. Yeah. You, I, I don't know. It's a really hard one. There's. I. I'm trying to find extra weeks. You know, in the league or in the year that you can put rugby on. But rugby is a very physical and demanding game, and you need to give the body breaks. And it's not like maybe other sports where you could potentially play two games a week for a couple of weeks just to give a break somewhere else in the schedule. But um, I don't know. I wonder. Does the Celtic Challenge Cup need to be as long as it is? Um, we were just talking there. There's um. I think we've seen five rounds already with a, a break or so in between. Um, and then there's a couple of playoff rounds as well. Like, could they shorten that down a little? Could they change it a little bit and um, maybe break it into two pools and a round robin that way and just play a semi-final and final from there? But that's still in the teething stages of a, of a um, competition. Like, last year, obviously, it only got up and running. They've now extra teams this year. So I think that'll take a few years to settle. It's not probably what the energy do with the AL clubs want to hear, but um, there, there's no quick fix really. Um, if I if I was to ask AL coaches, they probably would say scrap the Celtic Challenge Cup or make it a little bit shorter. But that's probably them being a little bit selfish, I, I suppose, on their part. But um, there does need to be a solution. I just I don't know what that is right now. Yeah, and I don't think you're the only one there. I'd say <laughs> it's a headache that'll go on for a while yet. But elsewhere, UL Bowes won the cup. I'm sure Fiona Hayes was delighted with that one. Even if, like we talked about, there was some new entrants into the squad. And um, yeah, none more so than uh, Kira Griffin, who we'll touch on in a second. Yeah, look, um, UL Bowes uh, have been the best team so far that we've seen uh, consistently throughout the league. They're probably one of the teams at the start of the season who 
weren't as impacted by international players departing. They had a few, but not quite as many as other teams like Railway, Blackrock and, and Belvo. And um, they took advantage of that. And in fairness, Fijes has them. They're a well-drilled, organised side and they carried that momentum into the cup. And uh, it was a fairly comprehensive victory in the end. And look, Fijes, she loves a win. Uh, she's very competitive and um, she doesn't care what silver she wins. Uh, she's very happy with that. I'm sure she is, and especially given, like, there was a lot of hype around it, given Kira Griffin came back, obviously, former Irish captain. There was a bit of whispers about it, but not a whole lot of people <laughs> knew. It was great to see it as well, to see her back out there and doing what she does best. Yeah, look, she doesn't, uh, judging by what we saw in that game, she looks like she's never been away. Um, she's kept herself fairly fit on the farm. Married life is obviously <laughs> suiting her, and um, she... She has a home gym that she's set up, a fairly handy setup uh, back home as well. So, and she was running a few half marathons and marathons and stuff. So, you know, she's, look, f- for both, she's a super player. She's a brilliant captain, a great leader. But I think what she brings on the pitch um, and what she brings off the pitch mm. are, are huge for them. And as you say, experience, you, you just can't match it. Um, and look, when, when you can bring the quality of skill that she has on the pitch and then match that with all that off-field leadership, you know, it's brilliant for Bowles and they'll be hoping that she has a big impact this side of the season. Yeah, I saw Fiona Hayes say on another platform that maybe she has her convinced for a few games anyways. <laughs> She'll be hoping to have her stick around for longer, I'm sure. Uh, I have a feeling Fee Hayes is very persuasive when she wants to be and probably isn't giving poor Junior a, a break. <laughs> Texting her every day, making <laughs> sure she's coming down training, this, that and the other. But no, look, Junior love playing rugby, um, you know. She was Irish captain for a good number of years through some tough times and through some really, really good times. And uh, I think the biggest thing, like I've noticed it myself, when you leave rugby is the camaraderie and the friends and stuff they leave behind. The social aspect of rugby and the memories that you make are huge. And it's a, it's an integral part of being a team. You know, it's, yes, you love playing and the physical benefits and all that come with it, but it's the friendships and the relationships that you make um, that are the hardest to walk away from. And I'm sure... Uh, she's delighted to be back in that fold as a, a new young one. <laughs> <laughs> Galwegians Marie Coyne also uh, came back as well. They uh, won over Cook in the plate final. So having retired last year, she made a comeback and she said that this game was her last game. What do we think? Will it stick this time around? Um, yeah, no, I'm not too sure about that. I would have played <laughs> with Marie as well. Um I think what I'm noticing, it's very hard to retire from rugby and actually walk away from <laughs> it. But uh, now looks great for Galwegians again, another highly experienced player, international. You know, um, Galwegians have had their ups and downs this campaign, uh, probably losing a few games they really shouldn't have or, you know, you know, going into it, they were probably favourites and stuff like that. So to have someone like her in the back line who has that experience adds a big boot as well to her to just get them out of trouble and uh, she's a good character to have around so yeah another one who's out in the farm an awful lot and uh, keeping up with it maybe that's the common theme going on there we'll have to get training out on the farm <laughs> yeah. ourselves uh, we'll get into the nitty gritty then of the in-depth reviews of those matches but before we do that we'll look ahead We're, we'll come back to the AIL season Hannah have you missed it? yeah well look like I have, but also it's been quite hard to miss it because there's been so much other rugby on, you know. Um, like the Celtic Challenge has been nice to see some girls flourish and do well and all that. But, uh, you know, for me, club rugby is is just so much fun. You're playing with some of your best friends and girls who you know have been in the trenches with you and doing all the hard work and most from around your kind of local area and stuff like that. So uh, club rugby for me is great and playing the AAL is the best league there is. 
Uh, Cup boys then energy in the Energy Women's All Ireland Cup. UL Bows came up against Railway and they won out on a scoreline of 34 to 12. Four tries in the second half and there was fantastic coverage of that one with Dara Frawley of the Club Scene podcast and Ireland legend Alison Miller on commentary with stream of course thanks to Energia. We're going to chat through that one here. We have some highlights. There is a lot to get through in fairness. It was uh, some great, great scores in this one. Yeah, look, um, two to- two of the top four teams kind of going at it. Uh, you know, Railway be well used to winning a bit of silverware. They won this cup last year. I can uh, remember, as we see, Lindsay Pete barging forward as she normally <laughs> does. But uh, I remember Chisholm Aguero for Railway last year scoring a super try. Um, but for me, like with Railway, it's great to see like Aoife Doyle back. You know, she was initially involved in the, the Celtic Challenge and the WXV, but picked up a, an injury. Um early on in the season and just to get her back in playing a bit of cup to her world of confidence and world of good um, you know and obviously Railway only delighted to bring her back but uh, while Railway took an early lead this game was all about bows and kind of their resilience and able to under the pressure that Railway give you and look you have to remember Railway over the last number of years has been a very very successful team um, bows have been the team to beat this year and we saw just there Chloe Pierce in the back row, uh, leading by massive example, just doing all the hard work. You know, she's a former prop, but she's playing a bit of everything in the forwards these days. Another one who has a an unbelievable setup up out her back and is keeping herself super fit. But um, yeah, look, this game it's great. The weather you can see is lovely, like uh, for what we can expect in the middle of January. And uh, yeah, Fihays has this team very well organised. Um, you know and for them great to get a win they run in four tries mm. uh, in the second half including what we'll see is a beautiful runaway try but um just yeah look for this both team they've been very very close over the last number of years knocking on the door they've been really unlucky with injuries um nicole cronin who's usually there number 10 has, has often uh, been injured unfortunately in the last number of years and just picked up another injury for them and that'll be a bit of a blow but for them to come out on the right side of this uh, shows that they're really willing to, willing to kind of put it up to these other teams and they're not afraid and they play some really lovely expansive rugby um, and you know you look at the experience that Railway have and here's that beautiful breakaway try like Katie O'Dwyer probably won't want to see that one again <laughs> another former prop who's playing uh, back row it is these days and like Eva Doyle is no slouch there so to make a big impact like that and uh, come off the bench and score a runaway try like that, a very, very nice one to put a bit of icing on the cake. For sure, yeah. And that's the first time UL Bowes have won the Cup since 2019. Heading into the back end of the season, that will definitely give them a bit of confidence because even like we were talking about before, while they were up the top of the table, there was always that bit of conversation as to whether they'd stay there but they look like they're not messing around here <laughs> yeah look as i said they've probably been the best team uh, consistently over the course of this competition and uh they have some wonderful little players here that we've seen and we've talked about i know she's there uh kay flannery she's off a little bit i've probably talked about her a little bit too much but i've just been so impressed by her but to be able to put in performances like this you know missing a couple of players like that uh, is wonderful for them to see and uh, it shows that they've they've got some really good development pathways and mm. some really good depth there and that there's a whole squad kind of commitment there to do what they're uh, I suppose they've set out to do and um, yeah they'll be delighted with that win like a win is a win you take trophies any day of the week they don't come around that often and particularly against Railway who they lost to in this particular competition in the final last year it's nice to get a little bit of revenge. 
For sure, and you mentioned Lindsay Pete there earlier. Her Laker Gale episode is on this week. What a what a legend and a lot of sport she was. Similar to yourself in that way, I guess. Yeah, look, I, I think when you even just look at a rugby career, it's hard to fathom that she only picked up a rugby ball in, in 2016. I think it was. She got her first cap against England. And I remember that first game and she was running around like a headless chicken, but uh, there was massive potential there. And I feel like she could pick up a badminton racket tomorrow and be an international if she wanted to. She's just one of those her. She obviously has natural talent and, and natural sporting athletic ability, but it's her drive, it's her determination, it's her willpower to be the best at everything she tries. And, um, you know, she's a wonderful teammate, a wonderful leader, a little bit scary. Um, <laughs> you know, a teddy bear, I think, really. But she, you know, she can be intimidating and, and rugby is the perfect sport for her. She can get out all her aggression and, uh, yeah, she's fantastic at it and she's always looking to better herself and... Uh, a great leader for that railway team to have and yeah what an inspiration to have played all the sports that she did and it's great to see her finally getting that recognition I don't think we've many uh, athletes who have you know represented their country in soccer captained an Irish basketball team you know won an All-Ireland with Dublin scoring loads and loads of goals for them and then you know played international rugby for for Ireland and, and still doing it for her club I think that's the big thing she is still giving back to her club and helping the younger players and trying to help them improve and bridge that gap you know, and, and nowadays she's doing great things uh, off the pitch on the mic and everything else and forging a great career for herself. And uh, for me, you know, a player who thoroughly deserves it. That's probably one of the beauties, like you were touching on earlier, of the energy at AIL, that you can still see these unbelievable players. You've got the up-and-comers and those who have done it all as well. It's it's brilliant. Yeah, and it's great. And I think they're kind of where you see the best teams, I suppose, is that you get that mix of experience and youthfulness and they kind of learn from each other. Um, you know, as someone who's maybe a little bit older now and on the Dublin team, there's a lot of, the, a lot of things have been taught by those younger ones, uh, vice versa for us and look both teams that we saw there had plenty of experience and plenty of youth and um, it is great to see and it's great to see that relationship and I think that's the beauty of rugby I suppose is that it's a game for everyone regardless of your age your size you know any your orientation anything like that it's very very inclusive and a very very welcoming sport for sure and some great scenes there we have some more coming your way now Galwegians won over Cook 19-14 so a tight game and yeah some highlights here from that one Hannah yeah, look, it's obviously great for Galwegians, as we said. Uh, they've had a couple of games, as we said, this season that, um, you know, haven't really gone their way. They've been hit by a few injuries. Nicole Fowley was going really, really well, earned an Ireland call-up, and again, similar to Aoife Doyle, got injured fairly early on, and we haven't seen much of her uh, since. But, uh, you know, Galwegians, they work through, um, you know, and in fairness, like, when you're not competing at the top of the table, there aren't many chances then to win a trophy. So for them to, to go on and win this uh, cup, and as you said, with the likes of the returning uh, Mairead Coyne, it's, it's huge for them. You know, it's unfortunate for Cook because for me, they're a team that have really struggled over the last number of years. Um, you know, and this would have been a huge, huge morale booster and confidence for them to win. But in fairness, the same is done to, um, it's done the same to Galwegians. And for me, hopefully Cook can take something from this and bring it into the, the, the next half of the season and, and try and keep on because they've had a real struggle you know obviously losing Malone in the last couple of years rugby and Ulster has probably been struggling a little bit in fairness they've been holding up the fourth um, they've had a great return of Ilse van Staden there at front row hugely experienced international player and uh, I'm sure she's bringing great leadership to that group as well Who was particularly standout for you in this one do you think? 
Um, for me, you know, like with these teams, I, I hate picking center. I thought that the Galwegians pack was brilliant, mm. um, you know, and there's a youngster on that uh, Galwegian team, uh, Eve Tarpey. I'm really excited to see what her future holds. She's actually sister of uh, Leah Tarpey, who's um, of railway at the minute, kind of um, in and around the Irish squad and involved at the, the Celtic Challenge Cup and she's done quite well there. So I'm really excited to see how she goes. Um, and as I said, Ilse van Staden was brilliant for Cook and just kind of dragging them literally uh, across the line a couple of times so looking forward to seeing what Eve Tarpey can do and can she put in some performances similar to her sister because there was as well obviously the scenario in which Cook got their first win in the AIL we'll touch on that now in a second but we had spoken you can see the scenes there <laughs> as well like you were saying how much it means to but them it's brilliant like as you said there's not very many opportunities that you do get to go on and win a trophy and like these are the things that you want to go on and celebrate with you're playing with your teammates and you know training in the depths of winter when it's dark and particularly in rugby you know <laughs> particularly if you're a winger or something you're out in the ball waiting waiting for the ball in the wing there you can get quite cold and stuff like that so <laughs> that's kind of just rewards I suppose for all the hard work that they put in and a bit of recognition for that um, you know and for them to win the plate it's great and hopefully as I said it gives them that confidence boost that morale boost for for the second half of, of the season definitely so as I said there Cook managed to get their first win there so uh, we spoke the end of November in December there were some matches as well Saturday December 2nd there was plenty to look at there as you look as you see Ballancolig losing out to Galwegians UL Bowes overcoming Old Belvo Railway Black Rock that's probably one of the standout ones we were talking about beforehand and then Setonians 45 to 12 Wicklow um, the next weekend then we had Saturday December the 9th as you say Cook got their first win Old Belvo beat Black Rock Railway big win over Setonians and UL Bowes uh, overcome Wicklow so yeah to mean to what would it mean for Cook to have got off the mark there because obviously they have points but this was the first win of the season yeah, well, look, it's huge. Um, f for me, obviously, winning just inspires confidence, um, you know, and there's almost, like, for Cook, I'm sure there was a huge sense of relief. You know, you kind of got the monkey off your back and that you're not going through going, oh, God, we lost again, we lost again, the pressure is building. You've got that, and it, it also solidifies the whole, like, we're actually doing something right here, we're on the, you know, we're on the right path, and all our hard work is being rewarded and all the rest, and that, like, it's just coming good. And sometimes I can with rugby it's quite unfortunate like the bounce of a rugby ball can genuinely dictate the, the game and um, particularly with the laws of the game and, and how the referee sees it there can be very very small margins that can decide a game and uh, for Cook like they didn't just get a win they got a fairly comprehensive mm. win you know to put 38 points uh, on Goegians and, and Cook were a team that were probably struggling to score an awful lot of tries so not only that it was kind of like a, the shackles were broken off there and to go in and get a bonus point win was huge for them and you know they'll take that again obviously unfortunately the cup didn't work out that way a little bit but they'll, they'll till, still take inspiration from that that they have got some points on the board that there are more out there for them um, and they should target some games that you know particularly home games against teams that are very similar position to them in the league table and, and knowing that you know they can put in performances when they want to it's just that consistency really needs to be there mm, and then I suppose the other big talking point would be Old Belvo I know we were talking at the top about the cup situation but in the league having bet Black Rock that'll be a big boost for them yeah and like there's been a couple of results over the course of the season there where you know 
Belvo beats Blackrock and then Blackrock goes on and beats another top and it's absolutely like it's you never really know on paper you can always say oh I think this will be here and there and then the, the results coming in are, are quite surprising <laughs> at times um, I think all Belvedere would have targeted that UL Bowes game uh, at home in Ollie Campbell Park and unfortunately they just fell up short 15-20 but it was a fantastic game to watch uh, even if Belvo did come out on the losing side um, but I just think that the quality of some of these games have been fantastic, um, you know, and a lot of them have been very, very tight till the final whistle, and, and that's what you want to see. Um, I know, obviously, we did see that Railway put huge numbers up on Wicklow there mm. in that second week, but um, those games are becoming less and less each year, and I think that's brilliant that the standard is improving each year and that the gaps are closing. There is still a slight gap between the top four um, and, and the rest, but it is closing slightly, and as I said, there have been a couple of upsets, but... Uh, the last couple of weeks of the league are where it'll start to get really, really tasty and we'll we'll kind of see a layout uh, for the way forward. Speaking of that forward that you touched on there, we'll have a look at the AIL table. So UL Bowes, Railway, Old Belvo, Black Rock, as you mentioned there, Setonians, Balancholic and Galwegians there in the middle and then Cook and Wicklow down the bottom. So yeah, it definitely is getting very exciting heading into the return of the energy AIL this weekend. We'll jump into the previews just after this. Cheers. <laughs> the Hearthsport Energia AIL show brought to you by Energia. My name's Alana and we're joined here again by Hannah. So we'll just look at the, we looked at the table just there before the break, but now we'll look at the games coming your way this weekend. Uh, so Galwegians, UL Bowes, Setonians, Balancholic, Cook, Railway and Wicklow, Old Belvo. Just heading into the second round of action that you'll see uh, before we come back and get to discuss all of these with you. Balancholic versus Cook, Blackrock versus Wicklow, Railway are taking on Galwegians and UL Bowes versus Setonians. So plenty of action to go there, Hannah. Anyone particularly you're looking forward to the most? Um, well, the one that kind of stood out to me there, I talked, I just talked about Cook, obviously, and targeting certain games and all. They have uh, Railway at home and for me, like, you know, on paper, obviously, Railway would be massive, massive favourites there. And, f you know, um, obviously, Cook will give it everything and try and cause an upset. But the second week there, I think there's a massive opportunity for Cook. Uh, I think it's against Galwegians they're playing. Um, and, like, that's a little bit of a revenge kind of thing. Or Balancolic, oh, Balancolic, you're right. Sorry, sorry. Um, for Balancolic, like, who probably have struggled again this year, Um I think a big thing for them was they had Fihay's last year and mm. I was like, God, Fihay's going to think I'm banging on about her all the time <laughs> and that she's brilliant. She is a very good coach and but she put some really good structures in place for Balancolic and all the rest and then people get invested in the coach and the journey and mm. I do think like it's not only about a coach's... Um, 
decision on which way they're going to play and who's going to play and all the rest but it's like you want a coach that's going to inspire you and make you want to play and mm. follow them and all the rest and Fee Hayes has that about her she's a bit of a chancer and all the rest but like you want to do what she says and you want to win things for her and all the rest and I, may, I maybe think with her departure that Balancholic seem a little deflated this year like I hope I'm wrong um, but we probably just haven't seen the spark or the potential uh, that they do have there and you know for Cook it's an opportunity if they're coming in kind of with the the wind in their sails a little bit, haven't gotten their first win in the last league game. You know, they might use this as an opportunity for an upset. They have a nice long bus ride down there to Ballincollig where they can uh, get themselves set and all the rest and uh, they could have a very happy bus journey home if they were to come away with a win there. So for them, I would be targeting that game and trying to cause not quite an upset, but trying to get a few more points on the board. Yeah, and put on a good display. It's interesting there you say about Fiona Hayes and the type of coach you want to play for. It just made me think of um, Neve Briggs and the announcement of the Women's Lions Tour. What did you make of that announcement? Yeah, look, um, I think it's it's a while away now, 2027. So there's obviously a lot of planning and stuff to go into it. Like you look at the men's side, it's hugely successful. It's a big thing. Everyone gets invested and involved and everybody wants to be a British and Irish Lion. Like for me, I, my first thought was that is so cool. I wish I was younger. <laughs> like, not that I would have been picked, but like, you know what I mean? It's just that the opportunity to even be considered or like, you know, that there is a potential team there is honestly phenomenal. And I, I didn't know if we would see it anytime soon. And for them to have that in the works is brilliant. My concern would be the gap of the Six Nations and the makeup of the way the team would be for the British and Irish team is that... Um, like England are dominating at the minute. Yes, we have some world-class players on our team and, and the likes of Scotland and Wales do too. But I would be very fearful it would be nearly an all-English team with a few token players. Um, and that's not obviously what you want. My other fear or concern would be, well, who do we play? And I know it's been announced it'll be the Black Ferns, but they are the only viable option right now because no offense to South Africa or Australia, um, but they are not at the same level to compete and actually make it a a worthy contest per se um, and probably don't have the same level of competition that the men's do and that makes it a little different so after one tour does it become a bit stale that you just keep going back to New Zealand like and all the rest or how do you build a bit of excitement in that do we maybe play British and Irish Lions tour against France who are the other really competitive team you know do South Africa who you know obviously Lynn Cantwell was doing super job over there do they um improve over the next few years with a view to we could get a British and Irish Lions tour which would improve their game domestically maybe um, I love the idea of it and the fact that there is going to be one I just wonder about the viability of it and how it's going to actually lay out in the in the, in the coming years but we have plenty of time to figure that out yeah. exactly the Six Nations this year to come first anyways that's uh, drawn ever closer and Scott Beeman's first who do you think he'd be looking at as last minute energy AIL bolters maybe uh, Kay Flannery uh, Katie Corrigan is doing super stuff with Belvo as well and Kay Flannery down in, in UL Bows I think he'd be mad not to have a look at them I'm not saying that they might get a jersey or actually see game time. They're so young. I think they're good enough that they could. Mm. Um, but they might need a little bit more time to physically develop and also learn the understandings and how different international rugby is. But um, having watched a couple of the Celtic Cup games the last uh, couple of rounds, Katie Corrigan is scoring tries for fun. Um, and uh, Kay Flannery is bossing things at 10. So those two would be the two I'd love to see. But even... 
even in the extended squad to just learn a little bit about it. Uh, I thought Nevo Dowd has played really, really well for uh, the Clovers um, over the last couple of weeks, scoring a try last weekend, and she's been delighted about um, all her uh, Ambrosia creamed rice is uh, <laughs> coming to benefit for her. So that's all she really eats. Also with the Clovers, I think Ruth Campbell, I know she got injured and couldn't play the last week, but she's been a devastating line out threat. She's very, very mobile. Again, I don't know about game time. I would certainly play her, but um, even just to get her into squads, learning the that particular role and uh, what comes with it, you know, why not at this stage, you know? Last year was obviously very disappointing, so um, I suppose we need to just give it everything this year and it'd be interesting to see which direction that Scott tries to go in and who he picks and, and kind of how he decides they want to play because obviously they were very successful in WXV3, but this is a completely different ball game altogether. All ahead of us anyways with the Six Nations. We have lots of content coming for you there, but today thanks to Hannah for joining us. Thank you. We'll be back with you shortly, but for now, please be sure to like, subscribe, comment and share. We've hit the 7K that we were getting on to you about, but we're now on the hunt for 8, so please do hit that subscribe button. Thanks for watching the show today, and we'll catch you on the next one.